This is Mysteries of the Kingdom with James Stuber. I'd like to invite you to join me for the podcast every Tuesday, where we will be unveiling and explaining the hidden mysteries in the Bible. Invite your friends and look for us on Spotify and Apple. Thank you for joining us back with us on Mysteries of the Kingdom with James Stuber. We're going to be discussing today, who are the children of God? Every Tuesday, we do the podcast, and every evening, we go live Facebook at James and Sandra Stuber Ministries at 6.30 p.m. Make plans to join us at 6.30 p.m. this evening on Facebook Live at James and Sandra Stuber Ministries. You can find the podcast, Mysteries of the Kingdom, with James Stuber on Spotify, and look for postings on Facebook as well. You're welcome to send questions or prayer requests in at jamesstuber at yahoo.com, or hit the message email link under Mysteries of the Kingdom with James Stuber under Spotify. Now we're going to get into the, the question of who are the children of God. Have you ever wondered who the real children of God are? God is often misunderstood or judged by his followers or those who claim to follow him. Today we will be looking at the signs and unveiling the mystery into who are the children of God. Matthew 5 9 states that peacemakers shall be called the children of God. True children of God bring peace and make peace by bringing people together or bringing Christ to others, therefore making peace between Christ and mankind by leading them to Christ and bringing them, or bringing them free from sin, torment to Christ who is our peace. Galatians 3.26 says that we are the children of God by faith and we become the children of God when we trust Christ with our lives and allow him to conform us and mold us and to his image, and to his likeness, and into his nature, and into his character. In Ephesians 5.15, it tells us that dear children to be followers of God, a true child of God, this is a sign that he follows God. A true sign of the true children of God is that uh, they are children of God by faith. The true uh, sign of the children of God uh, Matthew 5, 9 states that they are peacemakers. Peacemakers are called the children of God. Matthew 10, 14 and Luke 18, 16 says, Little children are the kingdom of God. When we first receive Christ, we become children of God. Little children ready to learn and become like our spiritual father. We as children of God are considered the kingdom of God made up of followers of Christ. Romans 8:21 says we are delivered from corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. Luke 20 verse 36 says neither can they die anymore for they are equal to the angels and are the children of God being the children of the resurrection. This is one of the signs of the true children of God. 1 John 3.10 states, In this the children of God are manifest or made known. So here's the key, one of the keys again, of who the children of God are. In this the children of God are manifest or made known, and the children of the devil. Whosoever doeth not righteousness is not of God, neither he that loveth not his brother. If you do righteousness, the right things according to the Bible, and love your brother or others, then you are manifest openly or made known as a true child of God. Only a true child of God can do that or bear that type of fruit. 1 John 5, 2 says, By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. So only the ones that hate their brothers or others and don't do right are not the children of God. And these do not love the children of God. 
Only when we love God and keep his commandments or his word will we be able to love and to do right because we have to be empowered uh, by Christ and by the power of the Holy Ghost. Therefore, Ephesians 5, 6 says, Don't let man deceive you with vain or empty words. Because of these vain and empty words, the wrath or anger of God comes upon who? Comes upon the children of disobedience. Let's turn to Colossians chapter 3, starting at verse 1, going down through verse 10. If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affections on things above and not on things in the earth. This is a sign of the children of God. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. Now these are what this is what the children of God does. Mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, and covetousness, which is idolatry. For which things sake the wrath of God, or the wrath of God, comes on the children of disobedience. In which ye also walked some time when you lived in them. And this is talking about the past, when you lived in, in those things in the past. But now ye also put off all these, put off anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication, out of your mouth, lie not one to another, seeing that ye have put off the old man with his deeds, and have put on the new man, which is renewed in the knowledge after the image of him that created him. Let's turn to Romans chapter 9. Romans chapter 9. Romans chapter 9. Starting at verse 1. I say the truth in Christ, I lie not, my conscience also bear me witness in the Holy Ghost, that I have great heaviness and continual sorrow in my heart. For I wish that myself were a curse from Christ for my brethren, my kinsmen according to the flesh, who are Israelites, to whom pertaineth the adoption, and the glory, and the covenants, and the giving of the law, the service of God, and the promises, whose are the fathers, and of whom, as concerning the flesh, Christ came, who is over all. God bless forever. Amen. Not as though the word of God hath taken none effect, for they are not all Israel, which are of Israel. Neither because they are the seed of Abraham are they all children. Did you catch that? But in Isaac, or the spirit, shall thy seed be called. That is, and explains it here, this is a, a, a straight statement stating who the children of God are. Verse 8, that is, they which are the children of the flesh, these are not the children of God. But the children of promise are counted for the seed, or for what's doing right, the righteous seed. For this is the word of promise. At that time I will come, and Sarah shall have a son. And not only this, but when Rebekah also had conceived by one, even by our father Isaac. So Isaac was the promised seed. We're considered the seed of the Spirit. Um, we're considered uh, the, the, the seed of the children of God, the seed of the Spirit. Amen. So let's go down to Romans chapter 9, on down in verse 27. Isaiah also cried concerning Israel, though the number of the children of Israel be as the sand of the sea, a remnant shall be saved. So they, they that are after the flesh or continue after the flesh are not going to be considered the part of that remnant unless that flesh is spiritually laid down. You're buried with Christ in baptism and raised with him in his likeness, his nature, his character, and his image. It says in verse 28, For he will, cut the, he will finish the work and cut it short in righteousness because of short work where the Lord make upon the earth. And as Isaiah says before, except the Lord of the Sabbath have left us a seed, we had a spiritual seed talking about, we had been as Sodom and had been made like unto Gomorrah. 
What shall we say then that the Gentiles, which followed not after righteousness, have attained to righteousness, even the righteousness which is by faith? But Israel, which followed after the law of righteousness, hath not attained to the law of righteousness. Wherefore, because they sought it not by faith, as it were by the works of the law. For they stumbled at the stumbling stone, as it is written, Behold, I lay in Zion a stumbling stone, the rock of offense, and whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. So it says, though the children of Israel be as the sand of the sea, there's only going to be a remnant that is going to be saved. And uh, the Gentiles, which is us, it says that we had not followed after righteousness or have attained to righteousness, even the righteousness of the faith. But Israel, which followed after the law of righteousness, in other words, they followed after the works of it, had not attained righteousness. Why did they not uh, obtain righteousness? But the Gentiles did because they sought it not by faith. And the Gentiles did seek it by faith. They sought it as by the work of, works of the law, and they stumbled because they thought that they could gain it by doing the works. Turn with me to Romans chapter 11. We're going to read just a couple verses there. Verse 5, 11, 5. Even so at this present time, there is also a remnant according to the election of grace. And if by grace, then it is no more of works. Otherwise, grace is no more grace. But if it be of works, then it is no more grace. Otherwise, work is no more work. So even so at this present time also, there's a remnant according to the election of grace. God elected a remnant. And I pray and hope that that remnant is you and I. Amen. And it says in verse 7, What then? Israel hath not obtained that which he seeketh for, but the election hath attained it, and the rest were blinded. Why? Because Israel had sought it by works and not by faith. So Israel did not obtain it, but those that were elected did, or operated by the Spirit of, and, and by faith, received it. But the rest were blinded. So Israel didn't obtain what they sought for because they sought it by trying to earn it by works, and it was only given by grace to those who operated in faith. Now, when you operate in faith, you operate like one who was risen from the dead, from the old corrupt nature to the God nature, children after the image of Christ and after that new nature. Now, this kind of faith, the God kind of faith, is like one who is alive from the dead, alive in Christ, and dead to the flesh, by its works and sin. Romans 11.15 says, For if the casting away of them be the reconciling, what shall the receiving of them be but life from the dead? So for if the casting away of them, those that operated by the flesh and thought to receive it by works, if the casting away of the works would be then the restoring of the world or reconciling those that were of the Spirit shall be what shall be the end or the receiving of the, those be. But these are people that have received life from the dead. In other words, these are the people or the children of God who had laid down their lives with Christ in spiritual death and put away the works of the flesh by the help of the Holy Spirit, mortified the deeds of the body or the works of the flesh, and came back in resurrection power in the life, character, nature, and image of Christ in the resurrection. So we die to the flesh by coming to Christ and allowing Christ and the Holy Spirit to help us die spiritually to the works of the flesh and raise up with the life of Christ with sin and flesh defeated. Amen. Romans 11.24 It says, For if thou were cut off of the olive tree, which is wild by nature, and were grafted in contrary to nature into a good olive tree, how much more shall these, which be the natural branches, be grafted in 
and to their own olive tree. So we were grafted in contrary to our flesh nature. Because that's, that's what we're naturally born into sin. We're naturally uh, born into the world of sin. So we're grafted in uh, into a nature, into a spiritual nature that was contrary to the flesh nature, the sin, flesh, and after Satan, into the presence of God. And we were grafted into the nature and character of God because we we're grafted in to that tree that was contrary to our flesh nature. Uh, verse 25 says, For I would not, brethren, that ye should be ignorant of this mystery, lest ye should be wise in your own conceit, that blindness in part is happened, uh, is happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles come in. So blindness happened to Israel by the works because they thought they sought it, would, would seek it by righteousness by works, and they didn't obtain it. And the only reason is until the fullness of the Gentiles or to be grafted in the spirit to be grafted into the spirit seed or into Christ that the Gentiles could come in uh, those without Christ so we the remnant could come in faith and obtain Christ verse 26 and 27 says and so all Israel sh shall be saved as it is written there shall come out of Zion the deliverer and shall turn away ungodliness from Jacob for this is my covenant unto them when I shall take away their sins. Amen. Romans 8.29 says, Whom he foreknew, he predestinated to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among the brethren. So by faith, we are able and have the power and authority through Christ and through the power of the Holy Ghost to be conformed to the image of, of, of Christ and that we might be the firstborn in other words, raising from that life of the flesh into the life of the Spirit and be the firstborn among many brethren. <clears throat> if you would turn with me to Romans chapter 8, verse 1, starting at verse 1. Therefore is there, therefore, there is therefore now no condemnation to those which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. So there's no condemnation to those that walk after the Spirit, but to those that walk after the flesh, the condemnation is already there upon that type of nature. Uh, the wrath uh, of God is already up uh, upon that type of nature. Amen. So, But verse 2 says, The law of the Spirit of life, in other words, when you're raised in that new nature after the, the fruit of the Spirit, after the nature, the character, and image of Christ, you read the lat law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death, uh, which is after that flesh nature, or even after uh, some of those things that are listed in Galatians chapter 5, uh, verses 19 through 21, concerning the works of the flesh. So you, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, that nature has made you free from the law of sin and death, from that nature. And... Uh, for what the law, verse 3, could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God sent in his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned in the flesh. So even though he came in a body, he was, he was God is a spirit and he wrapped himself in flesh. And so he had the power to overcome that, that flesh nature or that evil uh, nature that we are born into. That the righteousness or right standing, doing right of the law or of the word might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. So that tells me that the righteousness or doing the right thing of the word, doing right by the word of God, can only be fulfilled in those who walk after the spirit. So if we walk after the flesh, it's impossible to do the right thing and uh, uh, to do righteousness after the, uh, what the word's telling us to do, to be righteous. We have, we're powerless to do the right thing or the righteous thing if we're uh, bound by the flesh or walking after that nature and character of the flesh. For they, verse 5, that are after the flesh, it's automatic. They do mind the things of the flesh. But they that are after the Spirit, it's capitalized, the Holy Spirit, they can only mind the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because those things of the nature of the flesh only bring bondage. But uh, those things of the fruit of the Spirit, they bring life and peace. 
because the carnal mind is in enmity or an enemy against God, it's not subject to the law of God because it has a different nature. It's just automatic. Neither indeed can it be subject to that nature because you can't mix two natures into one. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. But ye are not in the flesh, verse 9, but in the Spirit, this capitalized Holy Spirit, if so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the Spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised Christ up from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his Spirit that dwell in you, dwelleth in you. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. We're not in bondage to that. Verse 13 says, For if you live after the flesh, you shall die. You'll die spiritually. Of course, we'll all die eventually, maybe uh, naturally. But if you through the Spirit, which is capitalized again, through the Holy Spirit, do mortify or kill out the deeds of the body, which deeds is works and body is flesh, you shall live. You'll live in the Spirit. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So here we grow, we grow from being the children of God to becoming sons of God. So you see that all through this that I've read, that uh, the children of God uh, uh, become sons of God by putting, allowing the Holy Spirit to help them put to death those things that keep their flesh in bondage. For you have not received the spirit of bondage, verse 15, again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption whereby... We cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. This is a sign of being a child of God. The Spirit, the Holy Ghost, will bear witness that you are the children of God. And if your children, verse 17 says, then you're heirs and heirs of God and joint heirs with His Son, Christ. If so be that we will suffer with Him that we may also be glorified together. Paul says, For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared to the glory which shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of the creature or creation waiteth for the manifestations of the sons of God. So the world is waiting for you and I to, to grow from becoming children of God by allowing the Holy Ghost to put to death the deeds of the flesh and becoming the manifest sons of God wide and openly, knowing those that carry the power of God and are able to, uh, that they can be able to come to you uh, to be led to Christ for salvation, healing, and deliverance. Amen. In verse 22, it says, uh, uh, well, let's go on down. For the creature was made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him who has subjected the same in hope. So in other words, they were made just subject to it just by being born into it. But the creature, because the creature itself, verse 21, the creation shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption, that's of the flesh, into the glorious liberty of the children of God, because children of God have liberty. We know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. The whole creation's groaning and travailing in pain because they're waiting for the manifestations of the sons of God to come and bring freedom to them, to set them free. Amen. So let's turn to Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may be abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer? So if you're dying to sin, that flesh nature is not living any longer. Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death. Now this word baptized means to be totally submerged into, into Christ and baptized into his death. That means we're dying to self by being submerging ourselves into Christ and his word and to the Holy Spirit and to prayer. Amen. Therefore, verse 4, we are buried with him by baptism and the death that like as Christ was, also, was raised up from the dead or raised up from that fleshly corrupt uh, lifestyle by, were raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, which is after that new nature of, uh, of God. Even so, we also should walk in the newness of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. New life, new power, new nature. That's the good news. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. For he that is dead is freed from sin. 
So if you're di- if you're buried with him in that baptism into death, then you're uh, you're free from that sin because he that is dead or dies or submerges himself into Christ is freed from that sin. Because now when you're buried with Christ in that baptism, uh, you're t- partaking of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus that sets you free from that law of sin and death that we just read about. Now, if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ, being raised from the dead, dieth no more. For uh, death hath no more dominion over him. For in that he died, he died unto sin once, but in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Likewise, reckon ye yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, you should obey the lust thereof. Neither yield your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. For sin shall not have dominion under you, for you are not under the law or under that bondage of the flesh, but you are under grace. What then shall we sin because we're not under the law, but under grace? God forbid. Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom you obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. So whoever you're submitting to at that time, and that's who your master is. But God be thanked in the next verse, 17, that ye were the, you were the servants of sin, but you have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine or the word of God, which was delivered you. Being then made free from sin, you became, thank God, the servants of righteousness. Verse 20 says, For when you were the servants of sin, you were free from righteousness. What fruit had you in those things whereof you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now being made free from sin and become servants to God, you have your fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life. For the wages of sin is death, that flesh nature, but the gift of God that spirit nature, the nature after Christ's image, likeness, and nature is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Now, what are we to do with the flesh? Uh, turn with me to Galatians 4, and I'm about to close. Galatians chapter 4. I'm going to stop after we go over this passage here, and I'll pick up later on the on the remaining part of that. Galatians chapter 4. Verse 22. For it is written that Abraham had two sons, the one by a bondmaid and the other by a free woman. Now, the bondwoman and her son is a type and representation or parable of the flesh. The free woman and the son is a type of the spirit. So it says, Abraham, it is written that Abraham had two sons, one by a bondmaid, the flesh, and the other by a free woman, by the spirit. But he who was of the bondwoman was born after the flesh. That was Ishmael, after the flesh. But he of the free woman, Isaac, was of the prop by the promise or by the spirit, which things are an allegory, for these are two covenants. One's a covenant uh, from Mount Sinai. Uh, was gendered to bondage of the flesh, which is Agar. For this is Agar and Mount Sinai in Arabia, and answers to Jerusalem, which now is, and is in bondage with your children. But Jerusalem, which is above, is free, and the mother of us all, or the, or the church of us all. In other words, after the Spirit. So uh, the, there's two covenants. One was after the flesh, which is of Ishmael. One was after the Spirit, which was of Isaac, which God had promised uh, to bring the Spirit uh, through to fulfill uh, the law. But Jerusalem, which is above, is free, which is the mother of us all. So it is written, Rejoice thou, barren that bearest not. Break forth and cry that thou travailest not. For the desolate have many more children than she which has a husband. So what it's saying here is that Sarah... Um, was barren in her womb and could not produce anything after the Spirit. And the angels came and promised them that they would produce that Spirit seed at a certain time of the year, the next year that they came uh, came around at a certain time. 
And so she was upset because she could not uh, bear children. So it's telling us spiritually that we that have not borne anything for God or have not really borne any kind of work for God like we thought we ought to, he said, uh, don't travail because you that have no children right now or have not borne Christ or have not borne uh, the things that you thought you would bore for Christ, it says, travail not because you that don't have any children right now, uh, you're going to break forth. Amen. And you're going to produce and bear and birth children after the spirit and not after the flesh. Now we, brethren, as Isaac was in verse 28, we are the children of the promise. And that children of the promise, if you'll look that up and study it out, it means you are children of the spirit. But as then he that was born after the flesh persecuted him that was born after the spirit, even so it is now. So even as Ishmael persecuted Isaac, uh, the flesh, uh, just as the flesh persecuted the spirit or, or Ishmael persecuted Isaac, so does the flesh nature always persecute the spirit and the work of God. So what do we do about that? So this is how we go from being uh, uh, children of God ha- or be children of God and then grow into sons and daughters of God. It says in verse 30, Nevertheless, what saith the scripture? Cast out the bondwoman and her son, the, the that after the flesh, for the son of the bondwoman or of the flesh, anything that has to do with the flesh shall not be heir. You can't receive anything from God with the son of the free woman. In other words, the, those that are birthed in this flesh cannot be uh, receive anything from God uh, of those that are after the spirit. They have no inheritance. Those things that they do only bring death. The things that the free woman and her son only brings is life because that's a nature that's after God and after the Spirit. So then, brethren, we are not children of, here it is, we're not children of the bottom woman. We're not children after the flesh. These are not the children of God. But we are children of the free or of the Spirit. Amen. I'd like to thank you for joining with me here at uh, Mysteries of the Kingdom with James Stuber. I want you to go ahead, and if you can, if you get this message today, you can listen to us uh, tonight uh, at 6.30, Facebook Live, James and Sandra Stuber Ministries, and you can, where you can find us on Facebook Live at 6.30 in the evening, every Tuesday evening, and uh, you can also find us every Tuesday during the day on Mysteries of the Kingdom with James Stuber. Uh, we will pick up where we left off from Romans 7 about the mysteries of the church and uh, the old nature versus the new nature. And we will go, go on to the next message on who is the adulteress or who is the spiritual adulteress. So I hope that's answered some of your questions today on who are the children of God. You go over these scriptures and uh, study them, uh, look them up, and uh, don't just take my word, but take the word of God and apply it. And uh, you will be the children of God And we go from children of God to being birthed and manifested sons and daughters of God that carry uh, more anointing and more power as we are baptized and submerged more into Christ. Thank you for being with me. Hi, and welcome back to Mysteries of the Kingdom with James Stuber. Today on our podcast, we're going to be speaking about the spiritual and the natural. Be sure to listen to our podcast every Tuesday where we will be unveiling the Mysteries of the Kingdom. Uh, We should have it published every Tuesday between 4 a.m. and 5 a.m. Let's continue. The Spiritual and the Natural. Genesis 1.1 says, In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. If you look up the word heaven and earth, heaven has everything to do with the spiritual, and the earth has everything to do with the natural. Romans 6, I'm going to start at verse 1 and read down through verse 16. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer? therein. 
Know ye not that so many of us, as were baptized into Jesus Christ, were baptized into his death? Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in the newness of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. For he that is dead is free from sin. So this is not necessarily talking about baptism. This is talking about being, sub the word baptized here means to be submerged into Christ or submerged into his death. <clears throat> dying of the flesh or dying of the old man. And uh, as we die to this old man, we walk in the newness of life. And when we're planted together in the likeness of his death, we all shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. So we lay down or die out to the old nature and character of the old man or the flesh, the carnal nature. And we raise up in resurrection and resurrection power into the new, uh, our new identity, which is after the image, the nature and character of God. Now, if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ, being raised from the dead, dieth no more. Death has no more dominion over him. That means the old man of that flesh, carnal nature, has no more dominion or, uh, over us. or no more. We, that means we're in no more bondage uh, to the things of the works of the flesh. For in that he died, he died unto sin once, but in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Likewise, reckon ye also yourselves dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that ye should obey it in the lust thereof. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. For sin shall not have dominion over you. It shouldn't have a stronghold on you and I. Amen. For we're not under the law or under the bondage of that carnal man or that nature. But we're under grace. What then? Shall we sin because we're not under that bondage, not under that law, but under grace? God forbid. Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourself servants to obey? His servants you are to whom ye obey? whether sin unto death or obedience unto righteousness. But God be thanked that ye were the servants of sin, but ye have obeyed from the heart the form of doctrine or the word of God which was delivered you. Being then made free from sin, you became servants of righteousness. Turn with me to Romans chapter 8. I'm sorry, let's go on to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Starting at verse 35. But some men will say, How are the dead raised up? And with what body do they come? Thou fool, that which thou sowest is not quickened except it die. So the way to life is death. We have to die to the old man, to the carnal nature of the flesh, uh, for the spirit man to be quickened. And it says that that which we sow is not quickened except it die. And that which thou sowest, thou sowest not that body that shall be, but bare grain, it may chance of wheat, or some other grain, but God gives it a body as it has pleased him, and to every seed his own body. All flesh is not the same flesh, but there is one kind of flesh of men, another flesh of beasts, another of fishes, another of birds. There are also celestial bodies and bodies terrestrial. But the glory of the celestial is one, and the glory of the terrestrial is another. There is one glory of the sun, and another glory of the moon, and another glory of the stars. For one star differeth from another star in glory. So also is the resurrection of the dead. It is sown in corruption. 
it is raised in incorruption. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness, but it is raised in power. It is, here we go, it is sown a natural body, and it is raised a spiritual body. There is a natural body, and there is a spiritual body. And so it is written, the first man, Adam, was made a living soul. The last Adam was made a quickening spirit. So it went from becoming uh, from being natural to becoming spirit. Amen. You remember Jesus uh, in Cana of Galilee when him and his disciples was invited to the wedding and uh, they ran out of wine and how Jesus turned the water into wine. Uh, the word water, it represents the word. It's like the washing of the water, the word. He said, fill the water pots, which were considered water pots, fill them with water. In other words, fill them with the word. And it says they filled them to the brim. And they, when the governor of the feast went to drink it, uh, he had real, uh, he had, uh, got a hold of Jesus and said that he had saved the good wine until last. Amen. So Jesus turned the word into spirit. And so this is a parallel in verse 40, 45 of 1 Corinthians 15 that says it's written, the first man Adam was made a living soul and the last Adam was made a quickening spirit. Howbeit that was not first which is spiritual, but that which is natural, and afterward that which is spiritual. The first man is of the earth, earthy, and the second man is the Lord from heaven. As is the earthy, such are they also that are earthy, or natural, of you know, the flesh. And as is the heavenly, such are they also that are heavenly. And as we have borne the image of the earthy, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. Now we've all bear the image of the natural carnal man, the flesh nature, the works of the flesh that's listed in Galatians chapter five nineteen through 21. And of course, there's others throughout uh, the rest of the Bible, uh, more than just the 17 works of the flesh that are listed in Galatians chapter 5. So as we have borne the image of this, this earthly or earthy, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly, which is after the nature and character of God, which is also of the fruit of the Spirit, uh, which is in Galatians chapter 5, uh, verse, uh, between verses 21 and 22. So now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Did you hear that? Flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. So we have to have a different kind of body other than a natural body. We have to have a spiritual body, and that only comes from heaven. Amen. So the flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, neither doth corruption or the corrupt nature of the flesh inherit incorruption. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. We're going to be changed from natural to spiritual. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, the message is going to sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible. When we submerge ourselves in Christ, into Christ, into his death, we're going to be raised in that resurrection power and take on a new body. We're going to be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible, uh, in other words, this corruptible uh, nature, this corruptible uh, flesh, man, uh, carnality, must put on incorruption, which uh, one a spiritual body that's not corrupted by natural things. And uh, this mortal body will put on immortality. So when the corruptible shall have put on the incorruption, and this mortal body shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death, which is of the natural carnal nature of the flesh and of Satan, is swallowed up in victory because we have a new body. We have a new nature. Amen. It says in verse 55, O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law that it puts you under bondage. But thanks be to God, which gives us, us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ, which is saying we don't have to worry about the sting of death uh, or the <clears throat> because the sting of death is sin. 
And if we have all that new nature, that spiritual body, we don't have to be concerned about that. But thanks be to God, which gives us the victory. How? How do we overcome and put to death the deeds of the flesh or the works of the flesh? It's through the only through the help of the Lord, uh, the the Lord Jesus, and through the help of uh, the Holy Spirit. It says, but thanks be to God, which gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. In other words, you're not doing uh, just the works of the ministry, but you're, you're doing it in the, in the demonstration of the power and the Spirit of God. So uh, turn with me to Romans, back to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. Therefore there is now no condemnation to those which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. So there's no condemnation to you if you're walking after the Spirit. But if you are walking after the flesh, there is condemnation. For the law, but it says in verse 2, for the law of the Spirit of life, in Christ Jesus, that new nature. You remember, you buried, uh, you've been buried or submerged into His death. You've died to the old nature. So that law, that's called the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus. That new man that is raised up, that spiritual man, uh, that new body that you took on, the spiritual body, the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus. That body has made me free from the law of sin and death from the old man. So I put away the uh, the old man and the law of sin and death that came on that man. And this new law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, because I'm, I have a nature now after God, uh, has set me free from that law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned sin in the flesh. So in other words, it's saying for what the law could not do because the, the law was weak in, weak through the flesh, um, God sent his own sin, son in the likeness of that sinful flesh. And uh, as he seen the sin in the flesh for sin, he condemned the sin in the flesh. So he, uh, the, he, that spirit body, uh, the Son of God, uh, he says God is a spirit. And when he, he sent himself down to uh, abide the word in flesh, and uh, he had the spiritual body, the, the power to overcome the sin in the flesh and to give us that power and that authority to have victory over sin in the flesh. So he condemned sin in the flesh, uh, even though he was in the likeness of it, of, uh, of a natural flesh body, uh, he did not sin because he had the spiritual body living on the inside of it. Amen. So it says that the righteousness of the law, or the doing, doing right of the righteousness of the word might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. So righteousness, or doing the right thing uh, in God uh, of, of that Word, can only be filled in us if we're walking after the Spirit. If we're walking after the flesh, then the law is not being fulfilled in us. The Word is not being fulfilled in us. And doing what's right is not being fulfilled in, in those who walk after the flesh, but only after the Spirit. Verse 5 says, For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. Now notice again that word, Spirit is capitalized, which means Holy Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace because the carnal mind is, is enmity against God, is an enemy of God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. Why? Because he's, he's living in the flesh. So if he doesn't have on that spiritual nature, uh, he doesn't have life and peace. So, because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then, they that are in the flesh cannot please God. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. That's if you've died to that nature, if you've, uh, uh, if you've uh, submerged yourself into Christ and into His death, 
that spiritual death, but you are not in the flesh, but you are in the spirit if you've died to that nature, to that old man, to that carnal nature, to that fleshly nature. If so, be that the spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. Talking about that spiritual nature, that spiritual body. And if Christ be in you, that spiritual nature and that, that, that power, that character, that, that spiritual body, the natural body, it says the body is dead, talking about the natural man, the, the old man, the old nature, it's, it's dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies once you submerge yourself into Christ's death, he will quicken your mortal body by his spirit that dwells in you and uh, Christ will will resurrect on the inside of you in a way that you you've never seen him him come forth in power and in authority uh, therefore brethren we are not debtors to the flesh to live after the flesh for if you live after the flesh it says you shall die you'll be you'll die spiritually and of course as soon uh, you'll you'll die naturally but if through the spirit which is capitalized which means holy spirit if you through the spirit or the help of the holy spirit do mortify the deeds of the body or that word mortify means to kill out the uh, deeds of the body means works of the flesh. So if you, through the Spirit, do mortify or kill out the deeds or works deeds of the body or works of the flesh, you shall live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So if you're if you through the help of the Holy Spirit are mortifying or killing out the deeds of the body or the works of the flesh, then you're considered one who is led by the Spirit of God and considered a a, a mature son or daughter of God. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage, again, to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, uh, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Amen. So let's go on to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Uh, I'm going to read, starting to read at verse 9. But it is written, I hath not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for them that love him. Now, a lot of times we'll stop at that passage and think, you know, uh, we've not seen it. We've not heard it. It hasn't even entered in our heart the things that God's prepared for them that love him. Oh, yes, but it, but it does. Uh, we, we, we're able to hear now. We're able to, uh, to see the things that have entered into the heart of man and the things that God has prepared for them. We know those things now. Why? Because verse verse 10. Because it says, But God has revealed them unto us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searcheth the deep, all, the Spirit searcheth all things, yes, even the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the Spirit of man which is in him? So the natural knows the natural. There's laws of the natural kingdom. And uh, you can the you can only abide by the laws of that kingdom if that's what you're dwelling in. Even so, the things of God or of His kingdom knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. The spiritual, uh, the spiritual kingdom of God only knows those things of the Spirit of God. But He has rule over the the, uh, the spiritual kingdom and the natural sovereignly over the natural kingdom as well. Uh, now we have received not the spirit of the world. But the Spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Amen. Which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which is which the Holy Ghost teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man receiveth not the things of God of the Spirit of God. Why? It says they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned or separated. The word discern means uh, to be separated or uh, or spiritually judged or you know able to know the difference between the natural man and the spiritual man. So they're two separate entities. They're two separate bodies. Uh, the natural man cannot receive the things of the Spirit of God because he's not in that kingdom. They're foolishness unto him because he's doing the nature of what he's always done. He has a different master, and he can't he can't know them because uh, again he he is spiritually discerned. He just what he dwells and 
he's after the works of the flesh. The natural man is. And of course, God and those that are spiritual are after the things of God. So verse 15 says, But he that is spiritual judges all, all things or discerns all things, yet he himself is judged or discerned of no man. For who hath known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? Well, none of us have, but we have the mind of Christ. In other words, we have the mind of Christ when we have that spiritual man. When, uh, when we've laid down and submerged ourselves into the baptism of his death, we've raised a new creation in Christ after his nature and his character and his image. Thank God for that. Amen. <clears throat> so turn with me and go on to 1 Corinthians <clears throat> chapter 3. And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as to babes in Christ. Why? It says, I fed you with milk and not with meat. In other words, you couldn't give him anything that was too deep. Uh, for hitherto you were not able to bear it, neither yet now are you able. Why? It says in verse 3, For ye are yet carnal. For whereas there is among you envy, strife, and divisions, are you not carnal and walk as men? So in other words, they weren't walking after the Spirit. For while one saith, I, I am of Paul, and another, I am of Apollos, are you not carnal? Who, who then is Paul? Who is Apollos but ministers by whom you believed, even as the Lord gave to every man? I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So what he's saying there that we should uh, we should not worship man or take the sides of men, but we should uh, look to God. So then neither is he that planteth anything, neither he that watereth, but God giveth the increase. Now he that planteth and he that watereth are one. And every man shall receive his own reward according to his labor. For we are laborers together with God. You are God's husbandry. You are God's building. According to the grace of God which is given to me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another buildeth thereon. But let every man take heed how he builds thereupon. For other foundation can no man lay then that is laid, or which is already laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if any man build upon this foundation uh, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work will be made manifest. For the day shall declare it. It's going to be tested, behold, because it shall be revealed by fire. And the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide, uh, which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive reward, reward. But if any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved, yet, as, yet so as by fire. And he says, Know ye not that you are the temple of God? So in other words, you have a new body. So know ye not that you're the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? If any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy, for the temple of God is holy, which temple you are. Amen. So let's go on to Hebrews chapter 9. Hebrews chapter 9. We're going to start at, uh, we're going to start at verse 13. 13. For if the blood of bulls and of goats... And the ashes of a heifer sprinkling, sprinkling the unclean sanctifieth to the purifying of the flesh. How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? And for this cause he is the mediator of the New Testament, that by means of death or dying to that old man, that carnal nature, for the redemption to buy back the spiritual body, the spiritual man, of the transgressions that were under the first testament or the first covenant, uh, they which are called might receive the promise of of eternal eternal inheritance. So what that is saying, it is saying that once we are submerged into the death of Christ, that by means of that death we get redeemed, we get bought back from the uh, transgressions, because under the first covenant. Uh, a life had to be paid for sin. And so that's the reason that they had the sacrifices because it, they wanted them to know the seriousness of sin, uh, that if you sinned, it costs someone else's life. And so and that so now that spiritually that 
we which are called might receive the promise of eternal inheritance. So if we have on that new nature, then we, we have an inheritance, and it's, it's under a new covenant that we can live forever uh, eternally. For where a testament is, or when you're writing a will, for wherever a testament is, there must also of necessity be the, test, the death of the testator. For a testament or a will that's written out or is of force after men are dead. Otherwise, it is of no strength at all why the testator liveth. So what that's saying, you can explain that as a, uh, a will that is written out. Uh, say your parents uh, have left a will for you. Now that testament is of no force and it is as no, has no strength in it. You don't receive that inheritance until, the, until after they are dead. And then that will becomes active or becomes in effect. So there are some things that uh, we've been wondering why the blessings of God and the provisions of God have not come, but they only that inheritance only comes when we begin to die of the flesh and uh, through the help of the Holy Spirit, He helps us put to death those deeds or works of the flesh and then that uh, will begins to come to life. All the things uh, that was already ours, but to activate that will, uh, even though it was given us, we, we must die. We, there must be a death. Otherwise, the will doesn't help us at all. It's of no strength. It's like having something that you don't know that you have that's available. Um, so let's go on to uh, Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10, and let's look at uh, verse, just a couple verses there, verse 20. By a new and living way, which he hath consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say, his flesh. So this new way that he has uh, consecrated or set aside for us it had to come through the veil, that is to say, his flesh. In other words, his flesh had, uh, just like ours, we have to put the flesh to death, and that's what the Holy Ghost will lead you and I to do as sons and daughters of God, is put to death the deeds of the flesh, and then we'll have a new and a living way. Amen. Because we take on a new nature, the nature of God and the character of God. And uh, let's go back up to verse 19. And then... Uh, then after this, we have therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by this new and living way. Amen. So I want to thank you for joining me uh, for this podcast. And I just wanted to go over that a little bit of how important it is. Because everything that's listed in Galatians chapter 5, verses 19 through 21, concerning the works of the flesh... All these areas, if we allow them to continue in our lives and not allow the Holy Ghost to help us to purge or kill out the deeds of the flesh uh, through the help of the Holy Spirit, uh, then we will rem uh, that will give Satan ground in us uh, to work through us and uh, and to come in just uh, it just opens up avenues for the enemy to get in but if you submerge yourself into Christ submerge yourself into the word submerge yourself into prayer submerge yourself into repentance into that baptism of of that spiritual death with Christ then you will have resurrection power you will have power to overcome you will have power to resist the temptation the trials that come your way because you'll be walking after a new nature where before you didn't have power to overcome it or you thought you had a hold on those things but now you realize you don't control them anymore they control you but you can be free from that by taking upon yourself this new nature uh, by and through the Holy Ghost amen uh, Romans uh, 9 and 8 talks about who are the children of God well it says those that are the children of the flesh these are not the children of God amen these are the children of the flesh so we want to walk after that spiritual nature and uh, that's the reason he came uh, God is a spirit and he wrapped himself in flesh to redeem mankind back to, uh, to himself amen uh, so I want to welcome you back to uh, mysteries of the kingdom with James Stuber 
coming uh, your way next Tuesday. Uh, we will try to have it published between 4 a.m. and 5 a.m. And we're going to be sharing things such as, you know, what I shared with you here. Who are the children of God? Who is the spiritual adulteress? Uh, who is, uh, what is, who is the new Jerusalem coming down from God out of heaven? So we're going to be sharing a little bit of those other things. I also shared some of those things on uh, live uh, on Facebook Live, and you can check out uh, our page, James and Sandra Stuber Ministries, on Facebook Live, uh, Mighty Men of Valor. Uh, there's another one uh, that you can check out and uh, just uh, send a request, and we will okay the request, and uh, we'll get you uh, involved in those Facebook pages too, and you can listen to the videos uh, of, of the Facebook Live videos, uh, which I'll be reposting uh, from time to time. So thank you for joining me, and uh, I just pray over you that uh, the Lord will uh, cause you and give you strength uh, to sub submerge into Christ and to be baptized into his death, that you could lay down the old man and uh, rise up a new man, full of power and authority. Amen. In Jesus' name, God bless you.